It's Tuesday, March 21st. You're listening to WXXI News. I'm Scott Feibush. A police chase that ended with a man shot to death in the Park Avenue neighborhood on Monday began with an incident Friday night on Monroe Avenue. That's when police say someone fired shots into an unoccupied business. They later found a car on Milburn Street with two guns inside, believed to have been involved with that shooting. On Monday morning, Brighton police responded to a road rage chase that ended with shots being fired. They tried to chase a suspect but couldn't catch him. Later Monday, the suspect returned to Milburn Street, where RPD and Monroe County Sheriff's deputies were waiting. They say the man first brandished a hunting knife, then later a shotgun as police chased him to a backyard off Barrington Street. When he wouldn't drop the gun, RPD and sheriff's deputies fired their guns, striking several times and killing him. The RPD says it had had interactions over the last few years with the man, whose name has not yet been released. As is standard protocol, when police shoot a civilian, the state attorney general's office will investigate the case. And as WXXI's Noel Evans tells us, the foot chase that led to the shooting happened right next to a city school. Neighbor Alana Barron says she was in her kitchen when it happened. I heard specifically clear yelling of, he's in front of the school, he's in front of the school. So I went closer to my window. There she saw a man being chased by multiple law enforcement officers carrying long guns. They went down Milburn Street, and about two minutes later, she says she heard gunshots. It was just before 1 p.m. Fifth grader Gemma DeLella was in math class when a message came over the intercom. Lock your doors. This is a a very real lockdown. Gemma says everyone in the classroom scrambled. A lot of kids in my class started crying because just the thought of not being able to wake up in my bed tomorrow morning is a lot and not be able to say goodbye to my dad and my mom. Gemma's dad, Chuck DeLella, got a call from the school about the lockdown and came to pick her up. Larger societal issues, I'm sure, contribute to a lot of this. I don't know that there's much more that the school or the city or anything like that can really do right off the bat. Lieutenant Greg Bellow with the Rochester Police Department says law enforcement had been looking to apprehend the man in relation to a prior incident. It's frustrating when, when violence is in front of our children um, and, and near our children. Thankfully, this did not have anything to do with the school. Um, all the children were safe throughout this entire incident. Noel Evans, WXXI News. State and local officials and advocates for children gathered in Rochester on Monday to push for the state to include increased funding for a state child tax credit in the upcoming budget. The effort was spurred by the federal government dropping expanded benefits following the pandemic. Jerome Underwood is president and CEO for Action for a Better Community. He says he sees firsthand how the proposed increase could help people who are working but just aren't earning enough income to support their families. This is an investment that we think is very worthwhile for the government to make, both at the state level and on the federal level, so that these families can be, um, and have an opportunity, rather, to be more gainfully involved in our overall uh, economic system. A Brighton man who is the son of Ukrainian refugees says he feels compelled to repay the kindness shown to his parents when they fled the Soviet Union during World War II. This summer, Peter Skripka plans to retrace his parents' steps to freedom by volunteering to help the war effort in Ukraine. Poland has done so much for the Ukrainians, uh, the refugees, that I felt it was important to be on the ground there being part of the solution. From May through August, Skripka will be driving trucks loaded with humanitarian supplies from Poland to the Ukrainian border. He says his employer is allowing him to work remotely four days a week. And that makes me fully available all day Friday, all day Saturday, and all day Sunday. And there's no question there's plenty of work to be done there. Skripka plans to document his experience online at peterinpoland.com. 
Running a music club is a hard knock life. WXXI's Jeff Spivak talks with the owner of one downtown nightclub that has survived both economics and COVID. Abilene Bar and Lounge is a small white house tucked away in downtown Rochester. It dates back to 1850 and has been many things. A rooming house, a brothel, more recently a gay bar when Danny Deutsch heard the building was available. The first time I looked at it, I I fell in love with the place. Many of Rochester's nightlife crawlers feel the same way. Abilene Bar and Lounge celebrates its 15th anniversary on Tuesday. There will be live music, of course. That is what Abilene does. Great bands, both national and local. It's a far cry from where the club was during the pandemic. COVID hit, we were shut down, and I would at times go to the mailbox while we were still closed, and there would be a card or a letter and a check made out to Abilene with a note saying, hang in there, we appreciate the place. Deutsch says he's always felt the love. The music is so important that the venue is important. It's a touching and special sort of feeling, I think. Jeff Spivak, WXXI News. And you can find more local news on our website, wxxinews.org.